the long and winding road that leads to your door will never disappear. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us in another uh, episode of Real Parables. We are glad that you could be with us. Um, you know, Real Parables is a podcast that aims to uh, find very practical um, parallels with things in movies, uh, TV shows. We haven't done any of those yet, but um, where we try and find these themes that run throughout things that Hollywood produces that help us to have a greater understanding about life, uh, about God, about what God wants for our lives, and how we should live them. And uh, today, we are talking about a relatively new movie, I think it came out in 2019, mm -hmm. it is called Yesterday, So, uh, and it's not really, it wasn't very popular of a movie. No, so I, I didn't even see yeah. it until watching this. So there's a good chance that you have not seen this movie yet. So uh, there are spoilers ahead. If yeah. you have not seen this movie, you might want to um, come back to this podcast and listen after you have uh, had a chance to, to watch the whole thing. Uh, but it is a very good movie. Yeah, it's, it's excellent. I think that's a running theme on our podcast. We only watch good movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's watch Pee's Big Adventure. Next. Or at least there are movies we think are good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there might be some uh, some others that don't agree with our movie choices, but this is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, and this is actually, as far as recent movies that have come out, it's been one of my favorite movies to watch. You know, because yeah. it's such a positive movie. You know, it's mm -hmm. very um, bright. You know, I don't know that I can think of a. It's a very feel good movie. Yeah, it it is just a feel good happy for the most part kind of movie uh, but anyways yesterday uh, takes place for the most part over in England uh, Jack Malik is a frustrated musician uh, whose musical career could say is going nowhere I mean he plays a gig here or there yeah uh, but he's just not really making it you know uh, he you know, it seems like he used to, at one point, work in a school as a music teacher, but had left that job to start working at kind of like a Costco kind of store. And, uh, you know, he really doesn't like it, but, you know, it allows him to focus on other stuff. So his longtime friend and uh, manager, Ellie, though, she has complete faith in his musical ability um, but one night after a particularly disappointing gig Jack decides I'm done I don't want to do this anymore it's not worth the heartache involved uh, so he gives up and as he's riding his bike home the whole world and they don't really go into why this happened or what it was yeah. but for some reason or another the, the whole world has this massive blackout for a few minutes. Now, everything comes back on, and then, you know, just, you know, a few seconds. But the whole world, it blacks out, and, you know, Jack is kind of a victim of being in the wrong place at the right time. So he uh, 
because he's on his bike, he gets hit by a bus that loses all power and all the lights go out. And he uh, gets knocked to the street and is, considering a hit by a bus, it's not that bad of injuries. Yeah. Um, he is doing pretty well. He uh, regains his consciousness in a hospital. And he slowly begins to learn that certain things are different. Uh, that things that were once present and very a very real part of the old world are just no longer there. And so to his astonishment, he is the only one who can apparently uh, remember how things used to be. You know, and it's not just big stuff. You know, sometimes it's, it's littler stuff. Uh, and one of the examples of this, probably the biggest example of things that just aren't there anymore, uh, is the music of the Beatles. Now, the individuals, you know, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ringo, and uh, Harrison, are there, they're still real people. They didn't dis disappear. But the Beatles as a band uh, never existed. They never made any music. Uh, so... He realizes that this is uh, an improbable opportunity, and he begins, because he is a musician who's always loved the Beatles, so he can remember all their music, so uh, he's going to start trying to claim that their songs are now his songs, and this happens, you know, initially, um, you know, with his friends, you know, he wasn't doing it intentionally at that point, but he sings Yesterday, and his friends are just taken back at how you've been singing Summer Song all these years, which is just kind of a yeah. lame duck of a song. But you have this song that's just sitting in the, the back register, and you've never sung this before? What's going on? So, um, you know, he starts claiming these Beatles songs as his own. It quickly uh, pays off in just a short amount of time. He becomes a worldwide musical sensation. There's a... You know, some pretty fun stuff with Ed Sheeran. You know, yeah. there's kind of like this songwriting <laughs> challenge between the two of them. And Ed Sheeran is being, you know, known as being a pretty great songwriter. Uh -huh. You know, is just uh, destroyed by Jack Malik, this nobody from a nowhere town in England. And uh, so he starts coming into his own and he becomes very famous. And... Uh, he finds himself, though, drifting away from Ellie, his best friend and manager. Uh, after all these years, he starts to realize that this isn't just a friend, that I actually love her. And, uh, um, but she's intimidated by his success and where his success is leading him. You know, he has to go to Hollywood and he's going to be living this life of a rock star. But she was completely content with the local guy who just plays at pubs and local music festivals and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the success that he has is based on blatant plagiarism, and he's starting to feel guilty about that. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit some more. Now, at the, at the core, at the very, you know, apex of this is Jack's faced with this fundamental moral decision about this music and uh, his conscience you know starts beating on him so he has to decide uh, is what I'm doing right and what is truly important in life 
and, and we'll talk about how that all kind of wraps up, you know, through the course of our discussion today. But I want to go back to the beginning of the movie. In the beginning of the movie, Jack, you know, I said he's working at this Costco kind of uh, place, and he has this decision that kind of comes before him. He's working at this, this you know, big box store, and he's offered an opportunity. Uh, it, I don't know if it was management or just a promotion. It was, but, uh, it was to a, work full-time. Full-time, that's what it was. So he has offered to work full-time uh, at this place, and he's really like, ah, eh, whatever, who cares? You know, he's just not really, you know, struck by the offer. But then that same day, his best friend and manager, Ellie, uh, tells him that she's gotten him a gig at this music festival. And he's just thrilled for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, so he has to make a decision. Do I go with music festival and following my dreams and my passion? Or do I play it safe and go into work on Saturday yeah. and get the full-time job? So, you know, have you ever been in a place like that where you've had to choose security over passion or passion over security, depending on which way you went with that? I know a few years, uh, well, not a few years ago, uh, before I went into full-time ministry, that was a very direct choice that I had to make. You know, uh, first, I had to make a choice between um, do I want to continue working in restaurants, which at the time, that was my passion, or, you know, because I love cooking, still love cooking. I loved um, the people I worked with. I loved the food that I got to cook. I loved making people happy with food, but, you know, I also uh, was relatively newly married we wanted to start thinking about having kids and uh, there was some other moral stuff that was going on that was making me struggle as a a new believer and I had to make the choice you know do I stick with the job that I love but risk putting other things in danger or do I go with the security of a factory job that paid well and had full benefits and I at that point I decided to choose security but then about a year later I was faced with another similar choice do I stay with security or do I follow this new passion which was ministering to people Mm -hmm. and you know that's when we made the decision to go to college and start preparing for full-time ministry you know so it's funny that you know the choice of security led to the choice of following the dream that I really had so uh, that's me but what about you guys you guys had a choice like that a crossroads that you've had to go through in life um in my last year of high school um i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do and what i really wanted to do is to be is to play video games for a living which i i had known was becoming a rise at the time Mm -hmm. uh but my parents didn't believe me so i didn't really have any support so i was like i'll go with the safe option which is college and a, a job, yeah. and that's so that's what I did. Is I I sold all my video games and fully committed to that. Sold all your I video games. I sold them all. Wow, that was that was how committed I was to because I was like I can't I can't teeter totter on both of these things, college and trying to do a. Was that a lot of video games? Uh, it wasn't a ton. It was yeah. just the the main ones I played because those were the ones I was very good at. Um, and I was like I'll I'll go with this route because it's. It's a lot safer, mm-hmm. more, more guaranteed than the other, which is a lot more, a ri- lot riskier. 
which now it's it's a very viable career now. Oh yeah. But it it would have been very risky, especially oh, yeah. then because it was pretty brand new. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I decided to go with that, and I and I ended up here today, which I I will not complain about. I love doing ministry. It's mm-hmm. it's great. Uh, but that's just the way I went. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, just coming here was such a, for me it was a risk, you know, for me to come to this church, you know, because I was, I was pretty comfortable with what I was doing at NBC, you know, interning and playing drums and doing all that stuff, and it was great, and I think there was always a part of me that was worried about, you know, failing if I, if I really went down that road, mm-hmm. and so, you know, when I got when I got the email saying, "Hey, this position's open. Would you be interested?" I, you know, it took me a couple of days to kind of think about it, and like I'm gonna I'm gonna at least give it a shot, you know. And so I did. But yeah, it was just like, you know, do I stick with what I'm super comfortable doing, or do I take the chance mm-hmm. and maybe do something that's just gonna be awesome? Mm-hmm. So far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> most days. <laughs> most days. Some days are not so good, but most of them are pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, and then as you go through the this this movie, you know, you kind of, um, you know, he's gotten hit by that bus and he's ended up in the hospital. And like I said, he starts realizing that stuff's different. You know, mm-hmm. that stuff is changing. You know, it's not just the Beatles music. You know, uh, I think Oasis also... Yeah, never existed. Yeah, you know, which, you know, I'd be completely fine with if Oasis never existed. <laughs> um, well, I just thought it was funny that the uh, him falling or uh, Ellie falling in love with him was over the song Wonderwall, which yeah. doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. I'm still yeah. surprised she ever fell for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that and, was the song. <laughs> yeah, there must have been another song. That yeah, you sang <laughs> but um, you know, so that happened. But there was also little stuff you learned through the course of the movie, like. Uh, Coke never existed. Yeah, like Coca-Cola never like existed. Great joke. Yeah, the only thing that was left was Pepsi. I'm guessing that's some pretty good product placement yeah. on their behalf. Like, hey, uh, can you just make Coke not exist in this movie? <laughs> uh, later, you find out that uh, cigarettes never were a thing. That you know, people had never never smoked cigarettes. Yeah, you know, so there's just all these little things that you find out that uh, had, had never existed. So, you know. How would you feel if something that was super influential in your life, like the Beatles, or later on we find out that Harry Potter yeah. uh, had never existed? Um, you know, how would you feel if, if something that influential in your life was just gone with no trace? I mean, how would that impact you? You know, my my first thought was like, what would happen if like marching bands never existed? Like, <laughs> how boring would my college years have been? Because you know. Would I have gone to all the games? Probably not. I probably wouldn't even be as much of a sports fan as I am now. Maybe you would have ended up in jazz band. <laughs> yeah, I ended up in jazz band. But yeah, I mean, like, just the idea of, you know, what if, you know, what if my college marching band didn't exist? Like, what would I do? Mm-hmm. This is, I, I mean, I woke up tomorrow and it never happened, but I was the only one that knew. Yeah, how would you be changed by that never happening? I would, it would just be... It'd be insane. I'd probably like, I'd probably try to like go start a marching band somewhere. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. Right, you know, uh, I would. The the 
it probably would be like Lord of the Rings or Godzilla. Like those things, I I'm super passionate about. I love them, mm-hmm. and if they just didn't exist, that would just blow my mind because yeah. those are what that's like what I would watch growing up as a kid. Is those are things I would just watch on repeat all the time, mm-hmm. and it'd be so weird just not having anyone else just know what those are. Mm-hmm. These nerdy things that I would <laughs> nerd out about that it's already nerdy now they don't even yeah. know what it is yeah <laughs> it makes it even worse yeah I, or, or even like music like Linkin Park that's like what I grew up listening to yeah. all the time yeah if that if that was just gone if rap rock was just gone oh that would suck so much because <laughs> like I, I'm not good enough to make that music so <laughs> I'm just screwed <laughs> you're not gonna try and make a some uh, rap rock in here is a part of your forte on the mandolin. No, probably not. <laughs> you know, I was thinking like for me, you know, what if the culinary arts were just gone? You know? <laughs> food like was everybody so... was just eating like bland, like mush. Some British food. Soylent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if life was just you know boiled potatoes and mushy peas. <laughs> you know, there was nothing. No salt. Yeah, there was there was no flavor. <laughs> You know, oh, you know, man. and then I can just imagine, I mean, I would super take advantage of that. Situation. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, open the world's first restaurant, yeah. you know, because there would be no restaurants if everything was just bland and mush, yeah. you know? So you open a restaurant and you have, you know, people that can actually have their taste buds impact. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's huge to have something like that. That's a, that's a part of your life. I can't imagine having something like that taken away. You know, so let's try to put this in, in a spiritual context. You know, if uh, if you woke up from a coma, okay, and find out that the Bible had never been written, okay? So not that the stuff didn't happen, but none of it was ever written down. Uh, would you know enough about the Bible to be able to share it with the world? It would be like a Cliff Notes Bible. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would be super tiny. Yeah. But, I mean, it wouldn't be like the Book of Eli. Yeah, but he has the whole thing memorized. <laughs> it's like, hey, I got I got John 3.16 down. Yeah. <laughs> got, there's like those few verses you have memorized, and you, you got those. Everything else is just kind of a summary, I feel like. like yeah. The good news would be pretty, like the gospels would be pretty easy to yeah. to go through. Yeah. Most most of them are are just, it's just repeated over and over again. So you, I feel like those would be easy. But like, we get into like Revelation. You try to think, remember some of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some some of those some people. <laughs> yeah. Some of the imagery would be pretty hard to yeah, was like, communicate. Was it seven or eleven heads? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty simple to, you know, start with the overall story of God, you know. Yeah. In the beginning, you know, da-da-da-da-da, you know, and go through that. Go through broad strokes of the Old Testament. Yeah. I probably could not, you know, lay out all the instructions for, you know, how the tabernacle is supposed to be built. I mean, I could have a rough idea Mm -hmm. if I thought it was important at the time. Um, You know, there's probably... A few psalms that I could, you know, maybe not remember word for word, but get pretty darn close, Mm -hmm. you know, to the overall theme. You know, I could get into, you know, some of the stories, um, you know, that we find in 
uh, like Daniel, especially. And there's some yeah. great stuff in there, and even Ezekiel. And, you know, there's some stuff from the Old Testament. I remember, I think I'd be pretty well versed in New Testament gospel stuff. Yeah. Whether it be chronological, you know, I might get some of the... Yeah what happened when mixed up a little bit. Yeah. But I think that's an important question for us to really think about. If for some reason, whether maybe it is like the book of Eli, where yeah. you know the Bible was written, but it was taken away from us. Mm-hmm. You know, can we um, communicate the story of God in an effective way that tells the, you know, maybe not we're not going to have all the details, but mm-hmm. have the overall understanding of what it's about. And I think that's what's important for us to think about is, you know, we need to take our understanding, and not talking about we, but we, the collective we of Christians, you know, we need to take the Bible more seriously. You know, that's something, uh, I bet um, if you would ask that same question uh, 50 years ago, you know, most people who were, um, had been Christians for any length of time, could probably be more accurate in giving a word-for-word word telling of, you know, the one of the Gospels. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just don't think, I think it's something that we have lost. Maybe it's because it's just simpler, because we have access to a Bible everywhere we go. Yeah. It's always in front of us. You know, maybe um, uh, there's some other reason, but I, I do think that it's important for us to not take it for granted. Yeah, it makes you think of like oral tradition when yeah. uh, when things weren't being written down before and all the history mm-hmm. was just word, word of mouth down yeah. generations. Yeah. Like it, it makes me think of uh, the book Fahrenheit 451, if, yeah. if listeners have read that. And all the Bibles have been destroyed and the only remnants of the Bible is oral tradition everyone has memorized like there's just different people that have memorized different parts of the bible and together as a collective they all know the bible but they all know their own parts to it and it'd be crazy if that's how it was today we had to memorize the bible and just be able to recite it to where like that's how well you know is that you can recite it yeah well that's like you know you see in the in the new testament these uh you know jesus is talking about you know, uh, those who want to be my disciples, mm-hmm. you know, and I was reading somewhere what it meant to be a disciple back in the day, you know, where you have, um, the average Jewish boy would have the Torah memorized by the time they're roughly 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you had a desire to become a rabbi one day, then you would have to not only have the, the Torah memorized, but you also have to have all the Psalms and the, um, the prophets memorized, and probably some of the Midrash and the Mishnah. And then the, the best of the best, you know, the ones who are really serious about it, the people who are going to be like a Paul, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, somebody who's going to be a disciple under uh, Rabbi Gamal, you know, Gamaliel, who was, who we see in Acts, you know, who was the rabbi of rabbis, uh, then you have to have everything. You have to have the whole Old Testament, the Midrash, and the Mishnah, all of it memorized word for word. 
And those people took faith a lot more seriously than a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that uh, a lot of that, um, in taking their faith seriously, brought about a lot of legalism, mm-hmm. which is the opposite spectrum that we have to be careful of. Yeah. But overall, I think we have to do a, a much better job at um, taking God's word more seriously mm-hmm. in our lives. So, as the story in yesterday moves on, um, you know, he is out of the hospital. He is meeting his, you know, he has these four friends. You know, there's Ellie, but there's, and there's a married couple, and then there's a guy who will end up being his roadie later on. Um, he meets them for the first time getting out of the hospital, and he's kind of a mess. And they gift him with a brand new guitar because his got smashed um, in that bus accident. So they're like, well, it's a new guitar. That means you have to sing us a new song. Sing us a song. And that's when he sings Yesterday for the first time. And this is when things first start clicking that something's different. So he plays Yesterday for the first time, and his friends, they are just in awe. They're like, you've got to be kidding me. You have been singing Summer Song for all this time, and you have Yesterday that's sitting in the back of your mind. Um... Have you ever had something when you heard it for the first time that it just rocked you? You know, that it just hit you in a way that just changed your perception about things. There's a lot of Linkin Park and Mumford and Son songs that have done that to yeah. me. Like, the first time I hear it, I'm like, well, this is this is amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of the... I, I definitely don't think that's like every song of theirs, but there's a yeah. lot of their songs that just me personally like I'm just like wow this is this is amazing yeah I, th- I think for me there's some um, just some some like classical music stuff that mm-hmm. like um, like Beethoven's Aurora Symphony like just oh you know just such a beautiful song and to think that, to you know think of that not existing <laughs> yeah you know to be the only one that would know that exists that's mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the first time I heard it, it was just like, wow, this is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I'm not as into music as much as you guys are, but, you know, for me, there's been a couple movies that um, will just change my perspective on things. You know, I'm a, one that's specific that we've actually talked about in this podcast before is Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, my, you know, if I'm being real honest, my perception of somebody who was, had a mental capacity is, you know, what Forrest Gump's would have been, um, was, I'm not going to say I was disrespectful or crude to people, you know, who were in that arena of life, but, you know, I definitely didn't, I think they had a whole lot going for them in life mm-hmm. as a younger person. Yeah. Um. But then when I saw Forrest Gump, and I realized it's just a movie and Hollywood does a lot of stuff, but it made me realize that, no, uh, people who have challenges can achieve incredible things. And obviously Forrest Gump is, is, is sensationalizing that idea. But, you know, it made me change the way I thought 
about things. And there's lots of times where I'll be watching a movie or um, where I uh, will hear, you know, I don't, I don't read too often, but I'll listen to, you know, audiobooks. And there's something that just hits me. Um, there's a, um, a poem by, uh, what's his name? Jack London that I had never heard before until I was helping Gabe recently with his homework. And it was just such a great story within the poem that made me think about what is really important in life. You know, mm -hmm. big picture perspective. I mean, it's not a, it wasn't a God kind of thing. It was a, you know, life in this world kind of thing. And I think that we just have to leave ourselves open, you know, to those kind of things. You know, it's so easy for us to get closed off um, in life, you know, to God trying to use things to speak to us, which is what this whole podcast is about. That allowing God to speak to us through this very modern form of communication, yeah. you know, and that's what, uh, you know, Jesus used parables that people understood back then with farming and sheep and that kind of stuff and fishing. And, you know, we understand movies mm -hmm. and, um, we just have to allow ourselves to be open up to that. Um, has there been a Bible, you know, story that hit you kind of like, um, like, uh, yesterday hit those guys? I think for me, it's um, <clears throat> the prodigal son story is always mm -hmm. impacting me because you know for a long time I had walked away from my faith. I walked to, I didn't want to have anything to do with my dad, and, mm -hmm. and and so you know when I did come back, like that story really hit me because I was that I was that person, you know. So I think I think that story definitely had an impact on me. Mm -hmm. Uh. I think it's Romans 5, it talks about, or Paul talks about suffering, mm -hmm. and how that produces hope, and I, the first time I read that, I, I was blown away, like, it, it totally changed my perspective on how I looked at hardships in my life, mm -hmm. and it, it, it just, it really impacted me that, I think it's like three verses, talking about how your suffering produces uh, perseverance, and perseverance Bruce's hope, and I, it's just one of my favorite pieces of scripture in the Bible. Mm. Uh, I have one from Romans too. Uh, I mean, there's a lot for me. Uh, like I, have, I didn't grow up in in church, and I didn't grow up reading the Bible. So as an adult, you know, reading a lot of these stories for the first time is different than when you've grown up. Yeah, hearing them. Um, so you know, like the story of King David was one of those. Uh, I mean, he was a, you know, he did a lot of good, but he did a lot of bad, too. Yes. And <laughs> Just ask Bathsheba. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or her husband. Uriah. Yeah, Uriah. <laughs> Uriah didn't have a good time either. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was one that came to mind. But, you know, tagging on yours, uh, Paul uses this term in, uh, I believe it's Romans chapter 7, where he says this body of death, you know. And in that... You know, I started doing some uh, research, and I came across an article that was talking about that body of death passage, and it 
uh, it totally changed my idea of um, what sin does in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, that when we that old sinful life, that that human life, you know, it's like carrying around. Uh, you know, we become we become believers, and we put that old way of living to death. But a lot of times, we're still carrying it around on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, that we put that thing, we've killed that thing, and we've but we still have that thing chained to us, and it takes uh, the Holy Spirit to and Jesus to release us from that body of death. And you know, those passages, you know, there's these terms that are in the New Testament that are just so loaded with deeper meaning that sometimes, you know, we just read right over them and don't even think about it. Yeah. You know, oh, body death. Okay, let's go on. But you know, look up that. You know, if you're if you're interested in you know uh, a study. You know, look up uh, commentary on body of death in Romans, and and there's some incredible truths that come out in that in that search. I promise you. Um, yeah, Should we read Romans. Romans is full of every every chapter is something different. Oh yeah, <laughs> seriously deep stuff. <laughs> yeah. So there's this moment, you know, talking about you know sin. There's this moment when Jack. You know, he uh, he realizes that the Beatles never existed, and he's trying to decide: is it possible for me to pull this off? Yeah. You know, Re- is it possible for me to do this? Yeah. <laughs> Remaking the Beatles. Yeah. Can I possibly be, as an individual, yeah. the Beatles? You know, so he's uh, you could. There's these wheels that are just turning, right? Uh, can I claim uh, that I am capable of pulling off the, the greatest con job? The world has ever seen, you know, is is it possible for me, you know, to do this? I know that it is uh, wrong morally. Uh, now nobody, not necessarily anybody's going to get hurt by this. Yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily hurting anybody because nobody knows these songs. But I know it's wrong. Yeah, it's still not the the truth. Yeah. It's still a lie. So. Um, what do you do in that kind of situation? Try and put yourself in that situation. Maybe it's not with music, but anything, you know, where you know that something is morally wrong. And even though somebody isn't going to be directly hurt by it, what do you do? I mean, you definitely, like, like you see later on in the movie, the, there's these people that want the Beatles to be known. It's like you you want, you, you want that, but you also... You're like this is an opportunity where it's it's able to benefit me at yeah. no cost to anyone else. Yeah, yeah. How do you approach it? Yeah, it's 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 a difficult thing to juggle because you're like I could help me, but yeah. also it helps everyone else. But it's still yeah, it's still a lie. Yeah, I mean, would there have been any ability in this movie? And I don't want to even try and rewrite the script, but you know, if you were in this movie and in the moment he said, "Look, the whole world blacked out." And some things got changed, mm-hmm. you know. Would he have the voice that people would listen to in that moment, where he could say, "Hey, when there was a blackout, things changed. This is what you're missing out on. Uh, I'm going to sing their songs so that we have a record from." I don't think he would have had the voice to do it. Yeah. yeah, you know. But he still, you can see throughout the course of the movie, he's just slowly getting eaten up by. Um, 
the fact that he knows that he's doing something he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny. I think if he had just, like, flat out said this, people would have thought he was crazy. Yeah. But he still could have done it, and people yeah. still would have bought the music because it's, it's good, good music. music. Yeah. So I feel like there'd be a similar thing happening, like you mentioned with food. Yeah. If you, like, hey, this, this used to exist before. I'm just making this now available. Yeah. People are still going to come to your restaurant and get food. Yeah. You just might be able to consider it a weirdo instead yeah. of a genius. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're a genius weirdo, but you're I mean, a weirdo. There, there's a lot of geniuses that were weirdos. Yeah. And you, you'd just be one of them. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay being a genius weirdo. <laughs> well, I've seen about that scene where they're all in the in that marketing meeting, mm-hmm. and they don't mm-hmm. like any of his ideas about you know labels and yeah. you know, the white album, and yeah. they're like, oh, it's too racist. And it's yeah. Like, well, well, he's, he's like trying to get, get give the Beatles as much credit as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, like what like the the title of his album is what his own words or something like that. Like yeah, yeah just him. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just my o- own only words. Jack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, and you see his brain like, what have I done? Like, yeah. <laughs> this isn't me. This isn't yeah. what I yeah. you know I didn't want yeah. all this. Yeah. It's it's some of those morality questions are, you know, maybe we should spend some more time watching uh, uh, the Good Place. You know, they wrestle with some of these morality questions on that show. Yeah. Still haven't watched that. No, oh, but uh, yeah, morality can be a tough one to crack because there are times in our life where the things that we um, we know are wrong aren't necessarily going to hurt somebody directly, but they're still wrong, yeah. and you know, we still have. A choice to make in that wrongness, um, but it's definitely something that shouldn't be approached from a Christian perspective without a whole lot of prayer, you know. Which we don't see Jack having, you know, much of a faith, so to speak, of, um, and you know, some not just talking at God, saying God, saying this is what I'm going to do, you know, but trying to really discern what is the right choice. Um, but yeah, so as the movie kind of keeps going on, uh, he has now started to attract a little bit of attention. You know, he's he started to garnish a little bit of local um, is it local popularity. Yeah, he's not worldwide sensation yet, but uh, there's a point early on in this in this whole transition where his parents uh, ask him to sing a song, and. Um, you know, I think in that moment, they're just happy that their son is okay. Yeah. You know, that uh, he didn't get killed by the bus, that he's out of the hospital, and that he's he's not in that, he doesn't seem depressed like mm-hmm. he used to be. You know, before the bus accident, you know, they could tell that he was kind of depressed, you know, that he wasn't happy yeah. with the way life was going, and he all of a sudden has this new energy to him, so they ask him, hey, sing us some songs, or sing us a song. Yeah. So... Yeah, he sits down at the the piano, and he starts to sing Let It Be. Easily one of the best songs ever yeah. written. Uh, <laughs> best Beatles songs ever sung. And uh, this is the first time anybody in the world, in this new world, has ever heard Let It Be. So uh, he is just super emotional. He's in the moment. Uh but the other adults in the room aren't. Like there's the neighbors that come over and they keep talking and interrupting and he has to keep restarting. Uh, and, you know, he is, like I said, he's super, in, he's in the middle of this very personal, serious, emotional moment. 
and nobody else in the room is. Yeah. Have you guys ever been in that kind of situation before? Very many times. Yeah. Every every time a movie I'm passionate about or a, a song I'm passionate about is is playing on the TV, and I'm with my wife. I'm just I'm watching her. I'm not even watching the movie because I'm like, oh man, this is gonna this is gonna blow her mind. Yeah. How good this is, and then she's just. She'll just like get up at the beginning, go get some popcorn. I'm like, no, you have to watch this part. Yeah. And then, and, and then she'll like. It's a story of my life too. Then she'll pull up her phone <laughs> and she's on her phone, and I'm like, you just found out that Luke, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. <laughs> like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we're watching a movie and like the kids are like asking a million questions. Yeah. Like, I'm like guys, you don't understand you're what watching a masterpiece. Yeah, here. you're like, you're watching something amazing and you're just taking it for granted. It's so yeah. great. Yeah, and I think the clue is <laughs> it might be great to you, but maybe it's not <laughs> great to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I've I've even been that place, you know, with regards to teaching class. You know, maybe you've been there too, where going into that class, you feel like this is going to be a great Bible study. Yeah, you know that. I've I, I found this passage of scripture. You know, it's something I had read before, but it never really hit me the way that it hit me today. And I have come up with this, you know, uh, this new thing that I want to teach. The teens are horrible. Well, adults are horrible at it too. So this happened this last Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have yeah. this, you have this this verse that hits you. Maybe it's your personal favorite verse. We all have our own yeah. favorite verses. You know, I love. The end of Romans chapter eight, you know, um, and you know, so you are in this moment and you're sharing this story that kind of opens things up, and people are just kind of like, whatever, you know, scrolling through their phones or, you know, kind of yeah. whispering to each other, or, and you know, you're just it frustrates you because it means so much to you, but other people aren't on board with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, have you ever? I mean, what do we do in those kind of situations? How, I don't know if it's even possible to get people on board with something that you're that passionate about. I mean, maybe it is, but maybe we just have too high of expectations. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it is a little bit of too high expectations. And I don't know if there's a right way to, like, get there. I'm not going to yell at them and be like, hey, this is important. Like, yeah. listen to this. Because then they're just be like, I, I don't like this verse. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah. But, you know, you get to a passage like Romans chapter 8 at the very end where it says nothing can separate you from the love of God. And, you know, I know my own personal story, and there was a lot of times where I felt very separated from the love of God. You know, I thought God was completely absent from my life and wanted nothing to do with me because of stuff that we were going through, uh, stuff I was going through. You know, so when I read a passage like that that says, you know, neither life nor death or this or that or this or that, nothing can separate you from the love of God, that hits me hard. But other people are like, yeah, so what? I know that. You know, it's that's no big surprise. I mean, it makes sense because we all, everybody goes through their own things. Everyone has yeah. a different reason that they have really found God and have a connection with God and it's it's different for all of us. Yeah. I, I found God a very different way than you did. Uh-huh. And I've I've known him from from when I was born and you did not. Yeah. So all those different yeah. things make a big difference on what parts of scripture are really important to you, I think. Oh yeah. No, it is. And that's something that, you know, we have to remember that we all have our own you know, there's a cultural worldview. Yeah. You know, that we all as Americans view culture view the world in a certain way. But then we all have our own personal 
worldview. Yeah. You know, and that applies to everything in life. You know, so the movies that I like are going to be very different than the movies that Brianna likes. You know, yeah. my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, the songs that I like are going to be different from uh, the songs that my kids like. My my music's better, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, true. Uh, it's just it's so weird. You know, you try to impress something on somebody that is so meaningful to you and to them when it just doesn't hit the same way. But you know. I'm sure there's some things that they might try and push on us that we're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, when I, when I, there was one time where I was working on this lesson for youth group and I was so excited about it. Like, I, I mean, just like, I really poured my heart and soul into it. And I remember like the first Sunday, I like one kid show up to Bible class mm-hmm. on Sunday and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on. Like, God, why did I do all this? <laughs> like, I did all this, like, this is supposed to be life-changing. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so frustrating when, when you're trying to do something that you believe is going to change the world, and, like, no one else even seems to, like, acknowledge that it's yeah. something special. Yeah. I want to see you cry about this. Why yeah. aren't you crying about this? Yeah. <laughs> now you're making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> you're making me cry because you're not crying about this. Yeah. It's super easy to be in that kind of situation, and, um, you know, I think that just shows that God uses variety to impact people in their own ways, you know, so a passage like Romans 8 is going to hit me, but, you know, maybe a passage in Romans, you know, 6 is going to hit somebody more, Mm -hmm. you know, personally, or maybe, you know, to somebody who's grown up in church and it's just kind of yeah I've, I've heard it all before maybe somebody maybe Romans chapter 12 is going to be more of how God speaks to them yeah. and it's just has it's learning to be okay with um, the ultimate truth of the Bible and that yes uh, it is written for all people but it's going to be understood differently or impact people differently based on what they go through in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this podcast has turned into us just recommending to read Romans. <laughs> yeah, read Romans. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, as we go through this, you know, Jack is, you know, he now has, after some interaction with Ed Sheeran and uh, some, uh, some great stuff that happens through that, you know, Jack now has, you know, the Hollywood... Uh, music company, I think it's Universal, you know, is now wanting him to make a record and he's meeting with the uh, label executive and he's offered this contract uh, but that contract means leaving that old life behind. You know, he's no longer going to be hanging out with his friends. He's no longer going to be able to see Ellie every day or his parents every day or you know, these other people, and uh, this music manager even says, I am offering you the poison chalice of money and fame. And then she says, but if you don't want it, if you don't want this, you can go back to um, to England, and you can have a warm beer with your friends. And, you know, so he chooses to drink from that cup. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and that kind of made me start thinking, what are my dreams worth? You know, I, I have this dream of wanting to do 
this thing and what is that thing going to cost me? You know, what is what are my dreams worth? What would someone have to give you to make you consider giving everything else up? You know, that's not an easy question. Yeah. It's a tough one to tackle. Yeah. It reminds me of a uh, La La Land, if you've seen that movie. Yeah. How these two people who are just incredibly in love with each other both have amazing dreams that they want mm-hmm. and they can't really get those dreams being together. Yeah. So it's 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 weird to try to think of how like is there is there anything that yeah if was offered that I would take yeah leaving my old life behind. Yeah, and I think I'd have to have that defined of what does it mean to leave the old life behind. Yeah. You know, what aspect, you know. Because I'm pretty happy in the way my life is right now. You know, I don't, money and fame have never been, I mean, obviously I'm a minister, so. <laughs> uh, but money and fame have never been a real big issue for me. Um, you know, so I try to put myself in the context of, what would somebody have to offer me to make me think about leaving stuff behind? And the only thing that could come that would be, you know, be, I don't even know that I would think about it that seriously, but it would be in the realm of what we're talking about, would be uh, if somebody offered me my own restaurant, you know, they said, this is, I have this restaurant, I want you to run it, take care of it, I'm just going to be a silent partner, you know, you do whatever you want to do with it. And I, I still don't think that's enough to make me want to leave the life and ministry that I have. But it's definitely something that would be tempting, you know, because, yeah. uh, I mean, having a restaurant is a very stressful kind of job, but it's a very different kind of stress than, you know, dealing with uh, ministry-related stuff, you know. So I don't know what I would do, you know, or what it would take. To really tempt me, yeah, because I haven't been tempted like that, yeah. Um, but it's definitely something to think about, you know. It, what are your dreams worth? You know, what are they worth giving up? What would you be willing to give up to be able to live out your greatest dream? For me, I think the thing that would be the hardest to like, like if like if I was offered me would be like. A, a job where I get to just fish. Like, uh, if I was, like, a pro fisherman, like, yeah. you could be a pro fisherman. Hank Parker. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really hard to give up. Yeah. That that just sounds amazing. Yeah. Just fishing every day. Yeah. Because I love fishing, but... Or even if it was, like, a... We're going to offer you this job as a fishing guide. Yeah. So you're going to take other people out in the middle of, you know, these yeah. wilderness spaces, and you're going to show not just... You're not just going to be fishing. You're going to be showing other people how, uh, you know, where to cast and how yeah. they can catch fish. You're going to know all the yeah. best spots. It, that would be insane because I, I really connect with God through fishing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like God's called me to be a minister. Mm-hmm. Do I want to give up what God's called me to do? Or do I want to go fishing? Do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a tough one. It's definitely not an easy thing to answer. I mean, this is a very improbable scenario yes. for any of us to really be at. But, <laughs> very you know, improbable. Yeah. 
as this his time in LA continues, you know, he's uh, drifted further and further away from his old life, mm-hmm. his old friends, his old contacts. He's realized that um, there's some songs that he just can't get a hold of. Mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, he doesn't have a full understanding of them because he's never been to the places and he's never done the things that the songs are talking about. They're not, a, they haven't impacted him um, personally. So, uh, he is about to drop his album, mm-hmm. but he's already kind of having second thoughts about this. Uh, when he drops his album, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's confronted by these other two individuals who have also, also have memories of the Beatles and, uh, they confront him. And he's assuming that it's going to be horrible. He thinks he's going to be arrested. Yeah, he's going to arrest him. <laughs> um, uh, he's had nightmares in the past about you know going on some. I think it was James Corden show, mm-hmm. uh, and being confronted by James Corden because uh, Ringo and uh, uh, Paul McCartney are there. Yeah. You know, and they want to ask him about why he's stealing their songs. So he has all this fear, and he's confronted, and they're just happy that he's. He remembers the Beatles because they don't have the musical talent mm-hmm. to be able to put that music out into the world. But then they give him a gift. You know, they give him the gift of um, John Lennon, who's still alive. Mm-hmm. You know, he was never shot. You know, so he's still alive. They give him the name, the address of where he's at. So he gets to drive out um, to the middle of nowhere and have a conversation with John Lennon. And uh, he is now uh, a fisherman who's alive and well. Uh, he explains that he's the luckiest man in the world because he met the love of his life and they had a family together. And then he uh, tells him what real wealth is all about. You know, that it's not about fame and money, but real wealth is all about, uh, about having a good life that's not complicated and telling the girl that you love that you love her as often as you can and uh and i don't really have necessarily a question you know to come and i don't even know that that is the ultimate answer to what real wealth is all about but it's not bad yeah it's not bad uh you know i think from a christian perspective you know that real wealth comes from what jesus told us to love god Mm -hmm. with all of your heart with all of your mind with all of your soul and all of your strength you know and then loving other people as much as you care about yourself you know and i think that's what you know real wealth you know comes from you know there can be other stuff that pop up but those things need to be of primary importance mm-hmm. in our life you guys have any input on on that yeah just going back to if the bible wasn't hadn't been invented and we had to recount that like what would we remember i mean that's the main point we'd want to get across is yeah love yeah Yeah. and i I, that's just such an important theme in this movie and also in the bible is love love is well yeah (laughs) it's all you need all you need is love (laughs) yeah it's in it's in the song yeah yeah love and loving is hugely important in our lives. And I don't think we do it to the extent that we probably should. 
yeah. uh, most times. So I think the good life, real wealth, comes from learning how to love God and how to love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so as he continues to fool the world, Jack begins to feel guilty. You know, he's been confronted by these other people, and they think that the world just needs to have access to the music. You know, he's gotten this advice from John Lennon about what's really important. And in that, guilt is, uh, it's subtle, but it's a painful feeling. And that's what he's starting to feel. Yeah. You know, it's this, this awful feeling, but it's a, a tool ultimately that God uses to do a course correction in our life, or at least that's what he's trying to do. It's that guilt and, uh, you know, being confronted by those people that uh, know what's really going on that causes him to do what's right and to finally tell the world the truth. And now he has a stage to tell the truth about what's going on. Now, telling the truth, it cost him a lot of worldly riches you know, the record con- contract that he had uh, was obviously null and void. I would imagine there's probably even a lawsuit, yeah. you know, <laughs> on part, you know, because he releases all the Beatles' music for free online mm-hmm. before the record company can, you know, put all the final stuff out there. You know, it was about to drop and he releases it for free. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the truth cost him a lot of worldly riches. But ultimately, he achieved, you know, an even more important greatness because he was giving something back that was so important for the world to have. You know, so when we get hit by guilt, you know, we need to be careful and and listen to what uh, God is trying to tell us because God might be trying to straighten us out on something. Mm -hmm. You know, it it is definitely a tool that he has used in my life. You know, there's times where I've known that I was doing something wrong. I know that I shouldn't have been doing it, but I continued doing it. And God, at first it was subtle, you know, but then as I still was trying to repress it, he made it more and more and more clear that what you're doing is wrong and you need to change it. You know, and and that is just something that we have to have a pay greater attention to, you know, is that. Guilt is a tool of the devil, not a devil, a tool of God to try and keep us from doing what the devil is causing us to do. So, uh, you guys have anything you want to say about that? Yeah, the that kind of reminds me of C.S. Lewis's like main, uh, main argument when he was talking about how God's real and exists was the fact that we have a moral compass. Mm-hmm. It's like if God didn't exist, we wouldn't have a moral compass. We would just be, we'd just be animals. Yeah, and I, I I think it's important to remember that God gave us a moral compass for a reason mm-hmm. to make better decisions. We're not going to always make the right decision, but because of that, we have the ability to know right from wrong and mm-hmm. make better decisions. Yeah, and just the idea of, of having those people in our life that are willing to tell us the things that we need to hear. Yeah, you know, even like if it's not something that we know real well, like John Lennon, you know, yeah. just just having. <laughs> Just knowing, like, being able to go to someone and say, this is what I'm, you know, how, how can I get through the situation? And then hearing someone that you've listened to their words of wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, that they've, <clears throat> you know, that you can listen to them and, and know, okay, what they're saying is true. And it kind of creates that 
willingness to change. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, going back to the, the story of David, you know, David did some pretty messed up stuff. You know, he had, um, you know, he was creeping around on the roof of the palace, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, it actually started before that. Uh, he wasn't being a good king yeah. out in the battlefield with his uh, armies, like kings were supposed to be yeah. back in the day. You know, he stayed home, mm-hmm. uh, and then he was creeping around on the roof late one night, uh, probably because he was felt guilt for not being out with his troops, so he's out there trying to clear his mind. He sees Bathsheba bathing, you know, down below when he's being a peeping Tom, you know, <laughs> so there's another sin, and uh, so he's lusting after Bathsheba, and then he orders for her to be brought to his chambers, and... You know, people try to make it seem like it was this romantic moment, but I don't think at all that's what it was. You know, this is a king commanding this woman to come into my bedroom. Yeah. And um, so she comes, she, all that happens, and then she gets pregnant, so he tries to cover up his and her, um, what they've been doing. So he has her husband, Uriah, brought back from the battlefield, and tries to get him in a variety of ways to go be with his wife. But being a good soldier, he's like, I can't, while my brothers and arms are out there in the field, I can't do that. So he doesn't go and sleep with his wife. So uh, David's uh, and Bathsheba's pregnancy is going to be found out. So he orders Uriah, you know, who is one of his friends, Yeah, orders him to be killed, you know, by having the whole army to step away while he's left out in front line. So he takes all the shots from this other army, you know. And then, you know, so he, David thinks that he's gotten away with it. But, you know, Nathan comes and confronts him on what he's been doing. And you're exactly right. We need to have those kind of, Nathans in our life who are going to confront us and make us feel guilty for the things that we have done so that we can pour our hearts out and ask for forgiveness and uh, and God will forgive you know that kind of you know goes back to you know Jack Malik you know he has you know told these lies but he's confessed Um, and there are some consequences I'm sure there was. They didn't really go into the explaining that really had to go on, yeah. and all the stuff that happened in between, you know, that confession of what he had done to, you know, that last couple scenes. Mm-hmm. But there was obviously some some consequences to what he had done. But the the most important person in the world to him, Ellie, forgives him totally and completely, and they get to start life together all over again Uh, and real love you know like what those two had always 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 forgives and uh, uh, the love that God has for us even if we royally screw up somehow and we really hurt some people um, if we ask for forgiveness God is always going to forgive us and the people in our lives, we hope we'll do the same. It might not be true. Sometimes we hurt people so badly that forgiveness isn't going to happen. But uh, we hope it does. Mm-hmm. But God, who has 
real, honest, true love for us will always forgive us. Is there anything else you want to share about this movie? It ended off with a great song. It did. Obla di obla da. Life goes on. It does. But uh, we are glad that you joined us for uh, another version of Real Parables. Uh, Please take a chance to watch this movie. It is a great movie. If you're just... Especially if it's kind of like a rainy day outside and you're feeling kind of glum. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great movie to... To watch to kind of lift your spirits spirits a little bit Um, but we hope that you'll join us next time i am graham here with devin and matt from the la mesa church of christ and we're glad that you can join us we'll see you next time don't keep me waiting here lead me to